MSW Media. Thanks to CB Distillery for supporting the Daily Beans. CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality clean ingredients. No fluff, no fillers, just pure effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code DAILYBEANS for 20% off. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Today, Donald Trump compares his civil fraud fine to the murder of Alexei Navalny. But New York Attorney General Tis James said she will seize Trump's property if he fails to pay the fines. Nikki Haley agrees with the Alabama Supreme Court that frozen embryos are people. Hunter Biden's lawyers file eight motions to dismiss the tax charges against him. A Nevada magistrate judge has let the Russian spy working with House Republicans out on pretrial release, and the government has asked them to reconsider that idea. Biden wipes out some more student debt. A Tennessee slaughterhouse hired minors to clean meat saws and head splitters. And Justice Alito renews criticism of landmark ruling on same-sex marriage. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Oh, hey, uh, it's Thursday. It is indeed when you're listening to this. And it's only Wednesday for us when I'm exhausted. I am exhausted, too. And I almost said happy Thursday. But that Justice Alito shit is really pissing me off. And so are the miners at slaughterhouse cleaning companies. I'm it's yeah, there is a lot. And I'm just going to say, I know at the end, we usually say, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your mental health. And I, I'm, I did not have a an easy day today and not to get into specifics, but like I am feeling the weight of the world today. And I just want to say all the beans listeners, like just show up in whatever space you're in that day. Like you don't have to hide away. You know, I, I could have just, just kind of hold up or asked you to cover the show and you always do for me, but just show up in whatever space you're in, knowing that the people that love you are going to accept you and support you. So, but for those of you that are feeling it this week, I am with you and I went through it today. Woof, there was a lot of tears shed. I think it's going around. So yeah. we're here for all y'all. I know you're here for us. So we're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do, do it. The news. We're gonna do I'm going to fuck up some it. words. I'm going to make you laugh if I can. I'm <laughs> sure I'm going to embarrass myself and we're all in this together. Hoo-hoo. And if you want to come see me do that kind of dumb shit live, you can get tickets to Natalie's Music Hall in Columbus. They went on sale yesterday, Wednesday, and more than half of them are gone. So you're going to want to go and grab these tickets before they sell out. Uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes. Um, so I hope to and see And it will there. sell out. I will say this because I know that AG probably won't tout herself too much, even though sometimes you're good at doing that. And I love that. It's one of the things I respect about you. But they went on sale yesterday, everyone. Half of the theater is gone. So trust me, this, this show is more than, what, a month and a half away? Get your tickets. You don't want to be disappointed if you're there and you're not one of the beans that made it in the theater. So go get them today. Yeah, March 29th. And get your tickets March 8th. Yeah, March 8th, if you're going to be in Bend, Oregon, or anywhere near the area, or just want to fly in for an amazing ski weekend, I'll be in Bend, Oregon on March 8th, and I'm Fort Lauderdale on my birthday, April 12th, so tickets are on my website, danagoldberg.com. Get them. Skis and laughs, which is what happens when I wear skis. They're yeah. all laughs. Oof, I haven't been on those in years. <laughs> 
Uh, so no Supreme Court rulings today, Wednesday, on the immunity issue or the 14th Amendment issue. We thought there might be an order today. Still waiting on that. We have a lot of news to get to, but we have some quick hits. And to make a long story short, too late. All right, first up, Donald Trump refused to denounce uh, Putin for the murder of Alexei Navalny in an interview last night. But he did decide that it'd be cool to compare his civil fine to the death of Navalny. Uh, it's our Navalny, he says. That's my Navalny. So he's always the victim. And we'll mm-hmm. talk later in the show about how Tish James might collect those fines. But it's absolutely disgusting and despicable to compare himself at all to Navalny and then to compare a fine. Yeah, to, it was gross. To what happened to Alexei Navalny. Didn't mention Putin's name, though. Nope, nope. He won't denounce Putin. Not nope. one, he never will. You will never hear him denounce Putin. It makes me sick. Well, I agree. All right. Uh, and by the way, please stop calling Nikki Haley a moderate. I mean, today she agreed with Alabama Supreme Court ruling that frozen embryos are people. She has said if she wins, she would pardon Donald Trump. She's garbage, but she's going to stay in the race. Please stay in the race, Nikki. I want you to. But <laughs> she said one thing today, and it may have been today or yesterday that I agree with her. She said if Donald Trump is the nominee, Joe Biden's going to be the president. And I finally fucking agree with her on something. Well, yep. At least we agree on that. Broken clock, etc. Also, Hunter Biden's lawyer, Abby Lowell, has filed eight motions to dismiss the tax charges against Hunter Biden. And he goes hard after the fact that there's vindictive and selective prosecution here, especially in light of the sawdust is cocaine photo Mm -hmm. and the arrest of Alexander Smirnov, who fed Russian disinformation to the prosecutors uh, in this case and to Congress. David Weiss, special counsel prosecuting Hunter Biden and... Alexander Smirnov. Uh, He should, by the way, be removed from the Smirnov case because he's a witness in the (laughs) cover-up for 2020. (laughs) But he asked the court to lock Smirnov up pending trial, pre-trial detention because he was a flight risk. But the magistrate judge in Nevada let him out and put a GPS ankle monitor on. Dude has access to $6 million and and, uh, can get an Israeli, has an Israeli passport. He can Mm -hmm. leave. And, you know, the ankle monitor doesn't really protect you from people who, you know, he just, (laughs) this indictment blew a ton of his sources in Russia. So it's, you know, it's not good. But David Weiss has filed for the judge to please reconsider that decision, an emergency reconsideration motion. Andy and I will cover the legal aspects of this whole Shmirnoff thing on the next Jack podcast. And Pete and I are going to go over the spy stuff on the next cleanup on aisle 45, because I don't know if you know, but Pete one of the top spy Russian spy hunters in the world. So I did not know. And that's amazing. Yeah. The whole show, the Americans is based on his case. Stop it. Yeah. I learned something new today. That was Pete. All right, everybody. uh, We have more news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from Abby Van Sickle at the New York times, the Supreme court in 2015, after it ruled that the constitution provides same sex couples, the right to marry, Uh, The case that Justice Sam Alito Jr. addressed on Tuesday involved a dispute over the dismissal of jurors who voiced religious concerns about gay relationships. Now, Justice Sam Alito on Tuesday renewed his criticisms of the Supreme Court's landmark decision recognizing the right to same-sex marriage, saying that people who oppose homosexuality risk being unfairly labeled as bigots and treated as such. No. Unquote. 
if you do, if you oppose homosexuality and same sex marriage, don't fucking marry someone of the same sex. That's all you have to do there, John. Mm-hmm. Now, Alito included his warning in a five page statement explaining why the court had rejected a request to hear a Missouri case about people removed from a jury after voicing religious objections to gay relationships. The case, Justice Alito wrote, exemplifies the danger from the court's 2015 decision. That's Obergefell. The fuck it does. The ruling, he added, shows how Americans who do not hide their adherence to traditional religious beliefs about homosexual conduct will be labeled as bigots and treated as such by the government, unquote. I don't even know what to say about that. This statement appeared to offer a glimpse into Alito's continued discontent with Obergefell, in which the court, by a five to four vote, guaranteed the right to same-sex marriage, a long-sought victory in the LGBTQ plus movement. In the years since, Alito and Thomas, who both dissented, from the 2015 decision have appeared to urge the courts to reconsider, reconsider the ruling. The court, they have contended, invented a right not based in the text of the Constitution, they said. Uh, It had cast, quote, people of goodwill as bigots. Only two members of the court who ruled in favor of Obergefell remain on the bench. I didn't I didn't think about that, but it's true. Sotomayor. It's it's, uh, terrifying. And Kagan are the only two. Mm hmm. Now, this court has since transformed, as we know, under Trump, with the addition of three conservative justices who have solidified a conservative supermajority. The case at issue Tuesday, Missouri Department of Corrections v. Gene Finney, involved a dispute over the dismissal of jurors who voiced religious concerns about gay relationships during jury selection in an employment discrimination case. Gene Finney, an employee of the Missouri Department of Corrections, claimed that after being uh, after beginning a same-sex relationship with a co-worker's former spouse... That co-worker made Miss Finney's job intolerable. The colleague spread rumors about her, sent demeaning messages, and withheld information she needed to complete her work duties. Um, now, Miss Finney sued the Department of Corrections, accusing the department of being responsible for the co-worker's actions. During jury selection, Miss Finney's lawyer questioned potential jurors about their religious beliefs about sexuality. Among the questions, how many of you went to a religious organization growing up where it was taught that people that are homosexuals should not have the same rights as everyone else because it is a sin. And the trial lawyer moved to strike certain jurors on the basis of those questions. And that's according to a legal brief filed by the Department of Corrections. The brief took issue with the trial lawyer's tack, saying that it essentially endorsed the idea that a person with traditional religious beliefs should never sit on a jury when a party has been in a same-sex relationship Because when a prospective juror believes as a religious matter that it is a sin, there's no way to rehabilitate. The lawyer for the the Department of Corrections objected, saying that such a request edged into a religious discrimination. A trial granted Miss Finney's lawyer's request to strike the jurors, and the jury sided with Miss Finney, prompting the Department of Corrections to ask for a new trial. Well, they don't hate gays. The jury didn't hate the gays. So we need a new trial and hopefully with some jury members who hate the gay. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm in, I have so much I want to say right now. Keep going. The Department of Corrections asserted that by excluding the jurors who voiced their religious beliefs, the trial judge had violated 14th of the 14th Amendment. After the Missouri Courts of Appeals upheld the verdict and the state Supreme Court declined to review the case, the Office of the Missouri Attorney General asked the Supreme Court to please take it up even as Justice Alito wrote that he reluctantly agreed that the court would not take up the case, he said he remained troubled by the issue. I am concerned that the lower court's reasoning may spread and may be a foretaste of things to come, 
he wrote. Foretaste? Anyway, that's... This this is the thing. It's an impartial jury. That's what they're looking for. A jury of your peers that are impartial. This is a, this is a case about a same-sex relationship and harassment within such in the workplace. This is absurd. This, this is the same thing as if, let's say, there was a case that went to court of a woman that was being charged for murder, let's say, because she had an abortion. And you're talking to the jurors. One of the questions would probably be, are you pro-life? And someone would be like, yes, because of my religious beliefs. Well, then you're not going to put them on a fucking jury because mm-hmm. it's already a tainted. I just, I can't with, I can't with these people. I Something can't with as, as the juries um, selected in the January 6th cases where Absolutely. they're asked where they get their news. Yes. Or who they do, voted are, for. Do, do, who you voted for. Yeah, Just because this is, I'm so sick of this fucking no separation with church and state. By the way, when I told you I was sad today, apparently it comes out in anger. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, that. I know that I'm, feeling. I'm angry at everyone except Aaron Katursky at ABC because he just <laughs> does his job and is <laughs> reporting the news. That's where nice this next segue. story comes from. Thank you. Nice. Four days after a judge ordered former Do- uh, President Donald Trump, hate him too, to pay $354 million In his civil fraud case, New York Attorney General Tish James told ABC News that she is prepared to seize the former president's assets if he is unable to find the cash to cover the fine. That's a hell yeah from me. Mm -hmm. Quote, if he does not have funds to pay off the judgment, then we will seek judgment enforcement mechanisms in the court and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. James said that in an interview with ABC News, Aaron Katursky. Trump was fined, as we know, $354.8 million plus approximately $100 million in prejudgment interest on Friday after Judge Arthur Engron determined that he f- inflated his net worth in order to get more favorable loan terms. You know what's funny is that he went out on Truth Social and said, I undervalued my stuff. I also undervalued it. Yeah. And somebody <laughs> just pointed that out. Also illegal. <laughs> also against the law, sir. Yep. The former president has, of course, I've denied all wrongdoing Amazing. and said he will appeal. Of course, he's going to appeal. Saying that she was very confident within the strength of her case on appeal, James reiterated that her office would not hesitate to seize Trump's assets, mentioning Trump's 40 Wall Street skyscraper by name. If the former president is unable to find the cash to cover the court-ordered disgorgement. I don't like that word. <laughs> Quote, we are prepared to make sure that the judgment is paid to New Yorkers. And yes, I, w- I look at 40 Wall Street each and every day. That's what James said of the standard court process of collecting judgments in civil cases. James directly centered Trump's allegation that the case lacked any victims. Instead of describing her case as vital to ensuring financial markets treat New Yorkers fairly. Quote, financial frauds are not victimless crimes. He engaged in this massive amount of fraud. It wasn't just a simple mistake, a slight oversight. The variations are wildly exaggerated, and the extent of the fraud was staggering. She went on to say if average New Yorkers went into a bank and submitted false documents, the government would throw the book at them, and the same should be true for former presidents. James also rebuffed Trump's allegations that the case will prompt a mass exodus of business activity from New York. (laughs) Did you see that the guy who draws Dilbert was like, I'm not going to do my events in New York anymore? Yeah, everyone's like, okay. And I quote, last I checked, tourism is up. Wall Street is doing just fine. That's Matish James. With Trump losing two civil cases against columnist, an amazing kick-ass woman, Eugene Carroll, 
facing Georgia election interference charges from Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, and now losing his case against James, the New York AG concluded the interview with an observation about Trump's legal cases. And I quote, someone once told me, if you want something done, give it to a woman. That's what James said. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, seize that shit. Seize it. Seize also, it. Yeah, all that Russian shit we have. We should seize all that and give it to Ukraine. All right. What is the conversion between rubles and dollars right now? Oh, I don't know what Russia's like on. Actually. 40 trillion rubles is a dollar. It's bad. Like the <laughs> I was sort of, is that what Russia's on rubles? I just I didn't know if that was still a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, they're still on rubles and they're sad about it. Um, next up from Laura Strickler at NBC and content warning. I for specifically for minors working at slaughterhouses. I don't know how to categorize this content warning, but there's some gross stuff in here. Another industrial slaughterhouse cleaner has been accused by the U.S. Labor Department of illegally employing children as young as 13 to clean dangerous equipment on overnight shifts, graveyard shift slaughterhouse kids. This is according to a temporary restraining order filed in federal court Wednesday. Labor Department said the Tennessee-based Fayette Janitorial LLC illegally employed 15 children to clean a Purdue Farms poultry plant in Virginia and nine to clean a Seaboard Triumph Foods pork processing plant in Iowa. They clean such equipment as head splitters and meat bandsaws. Fayette has 600 employees in 30 states, according to the company's website. So 20-something, that's a pretty large percentage of your uh, workforce being minors. Children under the age of 18 are not allowed to work in slaughterhouses because the work is considered by the federal government to be too dangerous. Last summer, a 16-year-old migrant was killed at a Mississippi slaughterhouse when he was uh, sucked up into a machine that he was cleaning. Quote, federal laws were established decades ago to prevent employers from profiting from the employment of children in dangerous jobs, yet we continue to find employers exploiting children. This is Jessica Lumen, an administrator at the Labor Department's Wage and Hour Division. Quote, as we've unfortunately seen in this case, employers' violations of federal child labor laws have real consequences on children's lives. Our actions to stop these violations will help ensure that more children are not hurt in the future. Fayette did not respond to requests for comment. That's the employer that cleans the slaughterhouse. In a statement, a Purdue Farm spokesperson said, we terminated our contract with Fayette prior to this court filing. Underage labor has no place in our business or our industry. Purdue has strong safeguards in place to ensure that all associates are legally eligible to work in our facilities, except this time. And we expect the same from our vendors. Oh, I see, because it's a vendor. Mm-hmm. NBC News was the first to report that in October, FBI agents discovered dozens of children working at an Ohio chicken plant called Gerber's Poultry that had con- uh, contracted with Fayette for sanitation. Most of the children are from Guatemala. Now, Fayette has also been scrutinized for serious safety violations by the Labor Department's OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, including an incident at Gerber's Poultry in July 2022 where a worker became trapped in a conveyor belt. That's terrifying. OSHA cited Fayette janitorial for failing to ensure its employees followed proper procedures by making sure machines were turned off. The Fayette uh, company had to pay $13,000 or so in a penalty, according to the OSHA enforcement page. The agency lists the accident as an amputation incident on its website. Fayette is the second largest slaughterhouse cleaner found by the Labor Department to have employed children. In 2023, the department found the national company 
Packers Sanitation Services had hired more than 100 children in 13 locations. The company paid a $1.5 million civil penalty. In response to the Labor Department's investigation, PSSI said in a statement, we have absolute zero tolerance policy against employing anyone under the age of 18 and is fully committed to ensuring that is enforced at all local plants. Overall, Labor Department reports a 152% increase in children illegally employed by companies since 2018. Many of them are Central Americans who came to the U.S. as unaccompanied minors. More than 300,000 children, most from Guatemala and Honduras, have entered the U.S. by themselves in the past three years, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. Thank you so much, A.G. Last in the segment, this is from Politico. President Joe Biden on Wednesday will announce $1.2 billion of student debt relief for nearly 153,000 borrowers, and he's sending emails to make sure they know whom to thank for it. Good man. The administration's latest tranche of loan forgiveness covers borrowers who are enrolled in Biden's new loan repayment program, initially borrowed 12000 or less and have been repaying their debt for at least 10 years. Imagine that. The interest on those loans. God, Biden will tout the relief in his administration's broader efforts to cancel loan debt for tens of millions of Americans during remarks in Los Angeles on Wednesday. That happened as we were recording. The White House said the event will include some of the borrowers who will benefit from the announcement, as well as those we've previously had their debts canceled by Biden. The administration says that it has now approved loan discharges totaling nearly $138 billion for the nearly 3.9 million borrowers through dozens of administrative actions since coming into office. Quote, congratulations, all or portion of your federal student loans will be forgiven because you qualify for early loan forgiveness under the, excuse me, under my administration's save plan. That's what the emails say in their message from Biden that the Education Department plans to send on Wednesday to the latest group of borrowers receiving loan forgiveness. That's an email I would love to get. I I paid mine off a long time ago, but if I was still paying, that would make my day. Quote, I hope this relief gives you a little more breathing room. That was from our president. The latest tranche of loan forgiveness is part of Biden's new loan repayment program known as the SAVE plan. That administration uh, finalized that last year. It offers lower monthly payments based on borrowers' income and an easier path to getting their debt ultimately canceled after years of payments. Previously, borrowers under federal income-driven repayment programs would have to make payments for 20 or 25 years before having their remaining balances forgiven. But Biden's save plan reduces that timeline for many, many borrowers. The Education Department announced earlier this week it would implement that benefit automatically for borrowers about six months ahead of schedule. Under the plan, borrowers who originally borrowed $12,000 or less start receiving a discharge of their remaining balance after making 10 years of payments. That amount of time increases by one year for each additional $1,000 borrowed. For example, borrowers who initially borrowed $13,000 would need to repay for 11 years before receiving forgiveness. Borrowers must be enrolled in the SAVE plan to receive that relief. Then the Education Department said it planned to reach out to borrowers they've identified who would be eligible for loan forgiveness immediately if they sign up for the SAVE program. That's the big part here. Reaching out to people that don't know this is happening is huge. Republicans, of course, slammed Biden's SAVE program as unfair and fiscally irresponsible, blasting the hundreds of billions of dollars the program is expected to cost. House Republicans passed legislation last year to nullify the program, though the effect fell short in the Senate. Thank goodness we have the Senate. So not only did Republicans sue for his initial student debt plan, 
mm-hmm. relief plan and Supreme Court killed that student loan forgiveness program. But Republicans also tried to pass a law to kill Biden's save program. Cool. Cool. Uh, if you have a debt forgiveness story or any other good news, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. We'll be right back with the good news after this. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Have you ever found yourself questioning the effectiveness of all the various health remedies in your cabinet that you've been trying over the years? I've been there. Remedy after remedy, but no real results. And time passes, so I try something new, but it always ends up being a waste of time. Well, that all changed when I discovered CB Distillery. It's a breath of fresh air. It cuts through the noise with its commitment to high-quality, clean ingredients that genuinely work. The positive reviews are hard to ignore. 81% of users report feeling more relaxed. 80% notice a difference in managing post-activity pain. And an impressive 90% say their sleep has improved. Integrating CB Distillery into my daily routine has elevated my approach to wellness thanks to their focus on quality, effective products. The change in my health from less anxiety to better sleep uh, has been the change and improvement that I had so desperately been seeking all this time with all those other things. It's clear from the widespread user satisfaction that CB Distillery is making a real difference. Their dedication to clear, honest practices makes them a go-to for anyone looking to enhance their health regimen with reliable, effective support. I cannot endorse CB Distillery enough. It's been a real turning point for me, and I know that it will help you just as much. And with over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money-back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. I have a 20% discount code to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code DAILYBEANS for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code DAILYBEANS. Again, cbdistillery.com. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Fark is in your arc, where we guess your animal, your animal breed, your animal type, the color is probably the thing that will get the most. We're very correct. good at the colors of animals. We're very good at that. Send those in to us. If you have a pod pet tax, send that to us. And if you don't have a pod pet, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area. And we can see if we can help get that little guy, gal, little critter adopted and uh, find a forever home. If you have a dissertation title, a thesis, title that you want to send to us. Good health care you got at the VA. Those student debt relief stories. I know a bunch of emails went out today. So if you got one of those, we want to know about it. Uh, a shout out to a loved one, um, a self shout out, small business in your area, anything you want to send us at all. You can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. First up from KC in SLC, pronoun she and her. Hi, fava rit beans queens. Very nice. cute. Last week during the good news, you asked listeners to send in their theses stories. My ears heard feces stories, and it took me a minute to realize my mistake. Well, everybody poops. So, uh, with frog orgy stories, et cetera, at first, uh, this was, I thought this was a thing, and I'm glad I realized that it isn't. But here's my thesis story <laughs> uh, February 18th marked 20 years since my brilliant beloved brother died at age 46 from a oh, grueling goodness. battle with MS, multiple sclerosis. He was my hero and he taught my two kids kindness, compassion, and respect for the quote-unquote other abled. Now the pick is him with them in 1999. 
My PhD thesis was published in 2008. Not bad for a single working mom at the time. Although the methods are now obsolete, here is the uncatchy title. Disease discovery panels and metagenetic association can improve detection of susceptibility loci. Interesting. The only part of it that stands the test of time is this part. Quote, the dissertation is dedicated to my late brother, whose genius, talent, and perseverance in the face of tremendous adversity were a source of great inspiration. I'll see you on the dark side of the moon, bro. Oh, I'm getting choked up. No, yes, we're God. both Pink Floyd fans. Thank you for keeping us informed with humor and swearing. My hubby and I never miss a morning without our coffee beans and our favorite beans, AG and DG. Mm. Beautiful photo. Absolutely. That's a great dedication, Casey. Thank you. Oh, goodness. I'm, I'm some, it's a day. It's a day. All right. This is from Helen, pronoun she and her. Hello, peas of the perfect pod. Hmm. I listen every day to your dulcet tones. And I'm so grateful for the hard work you do getting us the real scoop. The mashup of Dana Allison and Jared Moskowitz on February 19th was almost <laughs> too much to take for Monday morning. Hit it out of the park. I'm combining misheard lyric with a shout out, but don't worry, the pet, po- the pet pod pays off. I promise. I made aware. I was made aware of my misheard lyric the other night while watching The Tourist with closed captioning on. The song is Betty Davis Eyes, the refrain we all know so well. And she'll tease you, she'll tease you. You, you do it, A.G. All the, all better, the better just it's please It's hard you. to get that tone, right? <laughs> For decades, I have sung that line, hold the bathtub just to please you. Wow. <laughs> Not quite sure and what frame of I know. picture somebody in my head holding a bathtub. Right. Oh my goodness. Uh do do where am I in this story? Not sure what frame of reference I've been pulling from except for my love of long hot soaks, which I indulge in daily for reasons of my sanity. Allison, I was excited to hear that you grew up with Wheatons and therefore knew that there's no chance you'd mistake my girl for a labradoodle. Jewel is my very first dog ever. I got her when my son Lucas, who is autistic, was around eight and having trouble with friends. He would be so sad that he had no one to play with him, and I knew he needed a loyal companion. She's been the best pal and sweetest dog ever, loving people and other pets in the neighborhood equally, greeting them with her, quote, super bark that distinctly said, quote, why aren't you over here petting and loving me and letting your dog play with me? Why am I saying quote in the good news all of a sudden? Fast forward 13 years with a shout out to Lucas, who recently graduated early with a math major and music minor and is fully engaged in life. Sadly, Jewel is showing her age, but she remains loyal and loving to all who cross her path. My pet pod, I'm including a picture of my best pal Jewel and Lucas from four years ago. Keep on rocking. Ladies, love what you do and all your other pods, too. Also thought for a while that Dana was stumping for Hillary when I heard her talk about HRC. <laughs> yeah, I would still I would also stump for Hillary, by the way. Look at that. Is that a bassoon? Oh, what a cool dog. I love this dog. Yeah. Their Wheatons are just, they're so loyal and they're just the best friends. They really are. I lo- And I love this lyric. Hold the bathtub just to please you. I know, could not get the pitch. And she'll tease you. She'll <laughs> unease you. All and the thanks for the just to please thanks you. Thanks for the kind words about the Dana AG, AGDG and Jared Moskowitz mashup. Yeah. Thank you. A big shout out to our producers for all that. 
Next up, Evan, pronouns he and him. Hi, AG and Dana and the entire Beans team. Uh, early greetings from Columbus. Woohoo! Uh, and I'm pumped for the live Beans show here at the end of March. I would like to give a shout out to a good friend of mine who's running for a state representative seat here in Ohio. Sarah Pomeroy is a former city attorney and a progressive running in the Democrat pro- Democratic primary in District 10. This covers much of the south and southwest parts of Columbus and nearby suburbs, including Grove City. Sarah is a passionate uh, person about public. She's passionate about public education. She would be a fantastic addition to an Ohio State House that desperately needs more sanity and progressive values. I would ask anyone in the area to check out sarahforstaterep.com. That's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, forstaterep.com for more information and for links to donate and volunteer for her campaign. On that note, Ohio's primary election is Tuesday, March 19th. So please make sure to get out to the polls. Also, I would like to put out a reminder that Ohio and every state really is always looking for more poll workers, especially for the general election in November. It makes for a long day, but it's a great way to support democracy and give yourself something to focus on during that stressful day. Here's a link um, to a great resource from the U.S. Election Assistance Commission's poll worker resource site. We'll put that in our show notes. And pet taxes included our 17-year-old snarky gray cat and his younger sister, who constantly brings her torty attitude. Thanks to the entire MSW team for all you do to help keep us up to date and upbeat. And I look forward to the meet and greet before the show in Columbus. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, the show is dumb, but the meet and greet, that's where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> look at the baby kitty. Beautiful. Ooh, that torty is great. I love when they have that chimera line like right down the middle of their face and half of it's orange and the other that's half That's gorgeous. It's pretty cool. Gorgeous, gorgeous. All right, this one's from Judy in Kalamazoo. No pronouns given. Here's a what the fark is in your arc entry, photo below, answer at the end, plus a shout out to my magnificent daughter, who's a data, are we data or data team? I'm, I was data, but then after Star Trek, I became a I think I'm a data, data? Anyway, who's data, who's data analysis for OHSU's bone marrow transplant and cellular therapy program in Portland, Oregon, and co-author of an article in the latest issue of Transplantation and Cellular Therapy, tongue-twistingly entitled, oh boy, here we go, Access to Allogeneic Homotopoetic Cell Transplant for Patients with, oh right, here we go. What's that, AG? Hematopoietic. Hematopo, we're gonna. So this is what we're gonna do for you all. We're gonna sound this out the first time, and then we're gonna try and say it again. So hemato, hematopoietic cell transplant for patients with hemat, hemat, hematologic. Thank you, hematologic malignancies in Oregon. So we've got access to allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplant for patients with hematologic malignancies in Oregon. Yeah, that says whew, literally right in the story. And by the way, what the far- fark is in your arc? AG, do you know what this adorable little thing is? I it's like do. a zebra mixed that like had a baby with an anteater and a pig. I know exactly what this is because I go to the zoo all the time. It's a tapir. Tapir. What in the hell? Good for you. Is it? Did I get it right? Yeah. Oh, it's a Malaysian, Malaysian tapir. You know what? I would have given that to you in any game we'd ever played. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time at San Diego Zoo, of which I'm a member, a donating member um, of their Keepers Club. San Diego um, has one of the best zoos, too. Helping save the California condor. 
uh, I, this this thesis is. I'm trying to even understand it. Access to cell transplant for patients with hematologic malignancy. Some, it's something with blood-borne cancers. Uh, it's about patients being able to get blood cell transplants when they have a blood cancer. Oh. I'm guessing. Judy, am I close? <laughs> Let us know. I don't know. Uh, but, but it seems like, you know, if you have a blood cancer, you want to replace some of those malignant yeah. uh, hematologicalness. We're going to figure then, out this mystery together. And therefore, you you would get that kind of trans. So we need to see if we have people have access to it in the transplantation and cellular therapy. Thank you for the tapir. That's lovely. Next up from Diane, pronoun she and her. Hello, beautiful beanies. Thanks for all you do. And thanks to listeners for the amazing good news. I did a thing. Actually, quite a few things. Almost exactly a year ago, I took my first step into trying new things by taking my first pole dance class. I can now climb the pole almost easily and can hang upside down with about 75% confidence <laughs> that I won't immediately fall off the pole. I also have five new holes in my head, piercings, a beautiful new tattoo, and many unfinished projects, also known as works in progress. But perhaps the biggest thing that happened this morning after hearing a few too many stories about what an election what election workers, especially Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, went through in 2020 and after, I went online and I applied to become an election worker in Virginia. Nice. I took my oath this morning and dropped my paperwork off at the post office. I'll be serving for the next three years. I also told my husband that all calls from Rudy Giuliani were to be completely ignored. <laughs> Here's to another year of new things and challenges. Keep up the good work and big hugs to all the Beans family. Diane. Beautiful tattoo. Mm -hmm. Beautiful pole dancing. Nice. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. That's no amazing. way. I love that you've got 75% sure you're not going to fall there. I'd be like, no, no assurance. 0% chance I won't fall. Yeah. <laughs> I will be on my face. Excellent. Wonderful. I love new things. Thank you for sending that in. Absolutely. All right. This is from anonymous pronoun she and her. I have a feeling this story is going to be necessary, but also make me mad. Hello, Beans Queens, longtime listener, and never thought I'd send in good news. Oh, good news. But recent events have made me so grateful. I just had to share. As a member of the LGBTQ plus community, I always knew I'd need some help when it comes time to conceive. After year fertility treatments, which included hundreds of shots, dozens of doctor's visits, and an untold number of disappointments, I eventually switched to IVF. All the heartache was worth it in spades when I became pregnant with not just one baby, but two. The twins were born last year, and I'm still amazed at these tiny miracles running around the house. I'm especially grateful today, given the recent ruling in Alabama about IVF, and that's why initially I thought the story was going to make me mad, and it's not. It's making me very happy. So many people depend on fertility treatments to make their families whole, and the chipping away at those rights is an attack on the LGBT community and women everywhere. My good news is seeing my children every day as they fill me with the will to continue the fight for body autonomy for all. As pet tax, my first set of twins. When I got a golden retriever eight years ago, I never thought about an almost white furred puppy matching my orange cat. But sure enough, that dog took after her big sister and now they match surprisingly well. Thank you for all you do. Keep up the good fight. And look at these babies in a bucket. Look at... Oh, they're adorable. The, the the laughter of children. If it doesn't melt you, there's something terribly wrong with your heart. 
those smiles. And, you know, it's like the most genuine, like, happiness yeah. and joy. Right. It's, yeah. It's, we, it's so sad that we lose that as we, you know, we get older. I think the best thing in the world is when you just laugh. Like when you and I, like when I clapped early on, when we were going to do the clap countdown and for the first time in the history of the show, I clapped before I was supposed to and you and I lost it. I mean, snorting, laughing, crying, lost it. And that sort of unbridled laughter, oh, it's the best. Yeah. And I love it. Like there's tons of videos out there of just babies laughing at stuff. Oh, yeah. It just, it's like, I always like think about the philosophical thought you know thoughts behind how laughter is just a natural response of joy uh that we're born with right yeah. it's not something that you learn how to do it's just how you react um so that's just fantastic and these babies have it in space did you see that last picture of them in oh, Halloween yeah. costumes oh. yeah look how cute raggedy ann and andy i'm assuming i would i would think so I didn't have an Andy doll, but I have oh a Raggedy Ann. Oh my God, Anna. they're perfect. Oh, they're perfect. Congratulations. And the pets too. I am so glad. Um, after everything you went through, the finances, the physical, it's physically draining. <sighs> I mean, so many of my friends have gone through it, obviously. Um, yeah, it's just, that's why this whole fucking ruling in Alabama is just absurd. It's absurd. And it's going to hurt so many people. And it's bizarre to me that a party that wants to repopulate this country is actually keeping people from having children, but they're going to force a 12 year old to carry a baby to term. Like I can, these are the things that made me angry today. And Oh my God, I just ruined the good news. I ruined all the good news. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, Ugh. you didn't because we can look back at these sweet babies. Okay. Yeah. Take me back to the babies. Look at Raggedy Ann and Andy. Very they're adorbs. adorbs. And I, and I love this picture. And don't yeah. let me have any final thoughts from today. <laughs> All right. Well, you are cut off from thoughts, <laughs> my friend. I just wanted to say again to everybody, thank you for being here and giving me a reason to do what I do. Um, I'm trying to be very grateful and thankful today because like you, Dana, I had a hard day. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are going through it. And I just wanted to assure you that we are here for you. This whole huge community. It's massive, the Leguminati. It's huge. We're all here for you. And we're all here for each other. And um, yeah, get those tickets to Columbus, uh, March 29th, if I can throw that in there. <laughs> Look for see really nice stuff. And then I'm trying to sell tickets to a show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Earl Sham and I can paint that car for $39.95. Um, Anyway, no, I really do want to see everybody and there'll be more shows announced and I'm looking forward to it. And also go to DanaGoldberg.com. You can get your tickets to her shows. Please do. That Bend Oregon show is coming up here pretty quick. Yeah. And follow us on the social media. I do. I'm trying to do a little bit more on Instagram because it's less painful right now than Twitter. So I know I, I'm DG Comedy on all of the social media outlets and I post pictures on Instagram that most people don't get to see on any of the other platforms. And AG, I know you're all over the socials too. Yeah, Matt Muller, she wrote. Yeah. Where everybody for years was like, you're Russia, 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 you're stupid. And I'm like, oh, really? Today? Okay, mm -hmm. I'm just like doing that nail file, the cat Vindication. filing its nails. Jeff, yeah. Anyway, thank you all very much. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow, yeah? Uh, until then, please take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health, take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone you know with you. Yes, please, everyone. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane. 
with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Oh my God, squirrels on the roof. Some- <laughs> 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 I am desperately standing there. <laughs> You sounded like you have. I sounded like what? Oh my god! You actually sounded like Fargo when we talk about that. You're like he's fleeing the interview. He's fleeing the interview. <laughs> squirrels, on like, the roof. squirrels on the roof. Squirrels on the roof. Owl in my hair. Owl in my hair. <laughs> that we was can from, save that for the end of the show. That was from Married with Children, by the way. <laughs> when they went camping, owl in my hair. Okay. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first time lawyer, I wanna act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.